Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are going to be talking about Last Exile, which was a uh, me choice. It was a Jack choice. I chose this because it reminded me the movie that we watched, uh, Castle in the Sky, kind of reminded me of this. So that's why. That's there. There's your big story. Spoiler. Okay. <laughs> um. But before that, we were just kind of doing some general talking. Nothing too big or or extravagant this week. But it was still a fun, wonderful conversation in general, mostly about uh, the studio Gonzo, the animes that it's done as well as uh, one of the producers NHK uh, talked about a little bit about one of the uh, producers for some of the shows that are out there as well. You want to hear a part of that water conversation, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast, a dollar a month will get you access to that bonus content. Or if you want, you can always join us live and feel free to hang out with us and talk with us. Always happy to have you there. And uh, of course you can also always go to our website, featured where you're going to be able to get all our contact information, reach out to us, submit requests for what you would like us to watch, which we will go back to that here pretty soon. We're just trying to get through the next couple of weeks. So I do apologize. We haven't pulled from the requests bin here in a little bit. But there's a lot in there, so you got to give us a little bit of time. And uh, also, if uh, we have some affiliate links and everything like that in the show notes for you as well, if you click on those links, you purchase anything using those links, it will help us out and does help us grow and do more for you. It is definitely appreciated. And uh, before we dive in the meat and potatoes of it, I want to give a special shout out to Tokyo Treat for sponsoring us this week. Tokyo Treats is a snack subscription service that you get from Japan every single month. And in this box, you'll get up to 20 of the latest exclusive limited edition and seasonally flavored Japanese snacks that are only available in Japan for a limited time. So you'll get things like the Sakura Pepsi, Saki Kit Kats, ramen, cookies, cakes, things like that, chips, all that stuff that's typically only available in Japan and it's seasonal and it's limited edition on top of that. You'll actually be able to get to partake in that without actually having to go to Japan. They actually send it to you every single month in a nice box and you just get to enjoy it at your leisure. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Jack, is this some random person going around in a grocery store out there, throwing things in a box, sending it out my way, hoping for the best, hope I enjoy it. And the answer to that question is no, actually every single month, Tokyo tree has a theme and they build their box, their treat box around this theme to make it the most enjoyable experience for you as possible. That's one of the, honestly, one of the coolest things that I find about it is that every box is themed every single month. So every month it's going to be 
something new. It's going to be an adventure. You're not going to get the same thing every single month. It's, it's going to be themed. And with the weather cooling off falls upon us and, and it's starting to get cool out. I know I like to go out hiking. And as you all know, if you've ever listened to the pre-show or joined us live, hiking is one, one of the things that I enjoy the most. And this month's theme, the Mount Fuji snack adventure really kind of gets me in the mood for that hiking adventure, right? They're inviting us on a trip to Mount Fuji with their exclusive snacks like the Mount Fuji green tea cake, Mount Fuji sandwich cookie, the sweet potato sable cookie, and wasabi potato chips, just to name a couple of the things that are actually in this box for you. Don't want to give too much away now. As well, in that box, you'll have a booklet that'll actually tell you all about the snacks that you've received with their allergen information, because I uh, can't read... Japanese yet, though I am working on it. And I know you all don't want to have to worry about that either. So the booklet helps make it so that way you understand exactly what you're eating. Also in that booklet, it contains information about Japan's culture so that we have a better and deeper understanding about their culture, which I think is really, really cool. Now, special for our listeners, want to let you all know that we do have a link for you in our show notes that you can click on. When you click on that link and use coupon code featured anime, you'll get $5 off your first Tokyo treat box. When you use that link and featured anime for the coupon code, go there, check it out, give them a try. Trust me. It is worth it. You'll enjoy the snacks that you get every single month. And now onto the me and potatoes. Uh, Last Exile came out in 2003, April 2003, and it ran all the way through September 2003. It is 26 episodes long. Producers for it are GDX, Vector Entertainment, TV Tokyo Music. Uh, Studio for it is Gonzo. It is an original, so there is no source material for this. And the genres for it are action, adventure, and sci-fi. Now, uh, basically... uh. Last Exile takes place in an alternate world, alternate reality where people fly around. Vehicles are not there in the traditional sense in that they are flying these uh, machines that are called Vaughn ships, Van ships, Van Van ships. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know why they would call them Van ships, but whatever that's beyond me. But you have a couple of characters, Lavi and Klaus, who have a dream of going to the Grand Stream with their father's Von ship and being able to deliver it. Now, they are, at the beginning, couriers, and the jo- their primary job is to deliver messages of a particular danger to certain areas, and they are given a star rating based on the danger level. One being no danger, ten being the highest of all dangers. The most. The most danger. Right. So, this is basically their story and how they are centered into all the changes and everything else that is actually going on in the world. Their world, specifically. Yeah. So the way that I originally took it, first five episodes, I'm thinking that, you know, this is going to be a very, a rather generic, you know, like my father did this, now I did this, and 
you're not going to be as good as my dad, or I'm not going to be as good as my dad, or I'm, I'm living in my father's shadow. I'm going to find out. It's not yes and no. You know what I mean? It, it's mm. very similar to that. Their no. fathers are legends in in the in the courier industry, but not so much as that the fathers are barring the way for them to make their own name. Yeah, well, and, it's the thing is, too, you also have to keep in mind their fathers died years yes. ago, years and years. So it's not like they got to grow, actually grow up with their fathers being couriers their whole lives. And then they got into it and they're trying to be as good as their fathers currently are. It's like, no, their fathers died because of it. Uh, one of the things is, is there's a lot for this show. I just want to kind of point out that there is a lot of conflicts of information there's a lot of conflicts of viewpoints that they have and it kind of like bugged me okay and why? the reason <laughs> the reason why it did i don't know why it did, did so much but it's like uh so at the beginning they have a three-star mission they go on the mission they do all this crazy stuff and everything like that and and basically they're getting away with murder not literally mm-hmm. But they're getting Pretty away close. with murder, and they're like, hey, you know what? Good job, guys. Here's a thumbs up. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, that's no. Uh, also, at the exact same time, their viewpoints, their motives, their interactions, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, how they feel constantly changes throughout the entire series. And they conflict, they contradict themselves sometimes in the same sentence. They'll contradict themselves at the exact same time. As people do, as, 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 as is normal. Right. But I don't know, man. It just like, it was nice. It was a nice revisit for me. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, that was, that was just dumb. There, there were, I, I will admit. So it's my first time watching it. Um, and there are definitely some points in there that I'm like, this is not only unnecessary, it doesn't drive the plot in any direction, not forward, not backwards. It's it's just, it's filler, um, but not even necessary filler. Um, that being said, overall, it's not bad. And the, the conflict of what's good and bad and what's right and wrong. And, and even the, the, even in the assignment process, the the conflict of what a three star looks like and what a um, what a, a, seven a star, ten star looks like ten seven star. star ten star yeah they're like we've never seen we've never seen anything close to a seven star before yet they saw that their parents their father had ten stars yeah they're like have you ever heard of a ten star mission before no I've never heard of anyone ever getting a seven star mission before. Two episodes our later, fathers, uh, our fathers <laughs> flew a 10-star mission. It's like, yeah. But didn't you just say you've never heard of anyone ever having a a seven-star mission or ever heard of a seven-star mission before? I've never heard then, of one before. Oh. And then they're reminiscing. Like, I kn- the sky was so blue the day they told us our fathers died. And doing a 10 star mission. A 10 star mission. Star mission. Oh and then, my god. And then my uh, a man showed up and told us that our fathers died. 
and we never saw him again, except when we did. Well, <laughs> like, uh, well, to be fair, like when they did, they didn't know they did until later on when they found out that they did. That makes sense. When they, you mean when they found out their whole life is a lie? Yeah, that's true. But you know, we'll, we're, we're jumping around and everything like that. I'll, I'll say are. this, but the story, honestly, it was very linear. It was very straightforward for it. They yes. do very solid world building in this show. So it's, you're not watching it and going, uh, that can't be realistic or that can't happen in the confines of the world and everything like that. It is totally plausible. Yeah. And, and I like how they do the world building for it. And it's, it's not like a mesh between our world and their world. When you're looking at it, it's, it's like, it's oh, there's, yeah, it's a hundred percent. There's 100% there's. And when you're watching and you're like, Oh, that's, that's interesting that their earth kind of looks like it's standing on scaffolding at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, and, but everyone's like, Oh, this is our world and everything like that. And they're living as if it's completely normal because it is for them. And there's no cars. So you're not going to see like people driving in cars or anything like that, or a lot of really unusual animals or things like that. And as far as technology and how warfare is, it is very, it's very reminiscent. Yeah. Very reminiscent of uh, the 1700s. In, yeah, in, Civil War, where you fire volleys, and they then they fire volleys, and you just got to stand there while you reload and pray to God they miss. Exactly. And it's not like they call it something very unique. They call it musketeers. It's like, oh, this is, I'm a, I am a musketeer. This is what I do. I fire a metal ball out of this gun, and I hope for the best. Yeah, and we take turns. Exactly. And, it, and they even if your side's losing. Yes. And they focus very it is kind of like a mainstay a, a constant throughout the entire series with them saying chivalry, chivalrous, this is there's honor in this, there's honor in that. So the the whole mentality behind it is very, very different. Like you have battleships. Like, you know, like the old wood battleships. And then you have people, mm-hmm. the musketeers that fire off of those. So you have cannons and that. Um, I will say, yeah, the though, battleships have like a platform that the musketeers stand on and clip to. That's where they do the, the fighting. Yes. That, that, that's up. I, I will say, though, um, I'm surprised it took them so long to go, huh, maybe we should use van airships. For uh, fighting, just throwing uh, throwing it out there. It's like, oh, this is never done before, except for by one ship, and it was really unusual for him to do that. But no one else does it. No one else has van ships that are flying and fighting. It's just just the one that Alex Rowe is on, the Sylvanas. That's it. You don't hear about anyone else, or hear or see any other van ships that go around. Fighting and flying, like when Klaus and Lavi run across mm-hmm. it, it is vi- it surprises them. They're like, "What is going on? Why are they fighting? How are they? Wh- why are they using van ships like this?" Now I have a weird. I've got a question. Even though I watched it, I want your opinion. Do you see the couriers off of the van ships 
do you see them as being non-combative originally? Yes. Aside from when they, they, they originally did this combat. Because in my mind, the reason why no one ever thought to use them is it seems when everyone's being so chivalrous and honorable and, and things like that, even in war, there are rules to follow, rules of engagement, so to speak. Yeah. Um, in my understanding of how things were, even though I'm rooting for the good guys here, using couriers, essentially, to, to fight, it seems kind of underhanded for no other reason than it seemed like when the couriers were flying, they were not being shot at. They were not being targeted specifically because it felt like they had a, a rule of war that these, these people are not part of the fight. They're sending letters back and forth. Yes, but they're not to be attacked. Very similar to our world and, and the red cross kind of thing, like the, the, not the red cross, but like the, the healers on the battlefield. You don't, you don't shoot the priests. You don't shoot the medics. You know what I mean? The, those are rules of war. No, you totally shoot the medics. You totally shoot the priests. Yeah, dude, like, like that may have been the thing that may have been a thing at one point in time, but World War, after World War II, like that was, that did not matter. You shot medics, you shot priests, you shot anyone that was there. Maybe I'm just delusional and, and I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> yeah. But I, I always thought that. No. I always thought there, there were, there were non combatants, even though they were on the battlefield, they were not. They were not combative, so you you avoid injuring them specifically. Now no. I realize there there are some what you would call bad intentioned people who the the reason why people like they go out there and they put their lives on the lines for such things, uh, but they're not a primary target because they're not shooting at them. They're, you're f- worried about people shooting at you. However. Mm. The standard mentality is, is like, oh, they have a medic that's going to help save that guy. I don't want to have that guy get back up and sh- shoot me. I'm going to take out the medic. And that's that's what they like. That is that is hardcore. Like you would have people like one of the most brutal things about war is if you had a sniper, the sniper would shoot a guy, maim him, not kill him, just maim him. And the guy would call f- for help and he would shoot. Everyone that would come there and try and help him. It didn't matter who it was. That's the whole purpose of it. Jeez. I always thought it was a war crime. Like I, th- I thought like it was a whole Geneva convention that you're not allowed to shoot like medics, but maybe it changed. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, okay. What well, do I it just, so, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just shocked by that. Um, anyway, I, I'm thinking that they kind of broke, um, broke, what they considered uh, traditional um, chivalry law or chivalry rules of using a non-combative to combat. So while I think that they were right in doing so, and again, they're the good guys, I don't necessarily think that they were av- they they were avoiding it. Um, I guess for all the wrong re- for all the right reasons. You know what I mean? No, no. <laughs> It'd be like using a medic to go in Rambo style. You're, you're just not expecting it. At least not in World War Two. Sure. Why not, man? Whatever. Just just roll with it, dude. I have no idea what you're trying to go with. You're 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 referencing non combatants. You're referencing Geneva Convention. You're referencing all kinds of stuff. It's like, bro, I don't I don't know the point you're trying to get across in, in that regard. Just, well, just the reason that they weren't firing the, the couriers is because they were non combatives. And then the Savannah used them as combatives. 
Right. Opening up a whole new thing. The reason why they weren't, they're like, oh my but God, this is brand question, new. That's not my question, man. That's, that was never my question. I never, what was your I, question? My question was, why did no one ever think of using them before the Sylvana like that? And my, my answer to that was because they might have, but it was an agreement, possibly an agreement, to not do that. Being chivalrous. They're non-combatives, typically. Okay. Whatever. Like that that yeah. was my answer to it. Okay, yeah, sure. So. Sure, why not? Whatever, man. That's cool. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Um yeah, and so they, they basically start this whole extra thing where they start loading up munitions onto these couriers. And now what I thought was really interesting and I, I didn't quite understand how a lot of how the mechanics work. No one uses engines. They use like fluid and they have something called first water, second water, third water. And I think my understanding of third water is you've used it to clean the food and then you've used it to wash the dishes. And this is the third time you're using the water. And it's really important that everyone obviously gets water, right? I'm assuming that third water is important and needs to be boiled off and... It's meant for the the people in the outskirts and the the guild, as they're called. I think the guild are the bad people here, right? Yeah, kind of. So their job originally is to give water to the outskirts, and the way that things go that way is in later on in the show. The the head of the guild is like, eh, don't give anybody water anymore. They broke the rules. They want to go against us, then we're not going to give them water anymore. Shoot them down. Shoot down the convoys. And they're like, but they're our own convoys. And she goes, it's the will of your leader. It will be done, which is just straight evil to begin with. And now you're you're just taking away one of the only forms of life. And it's just crazy to me. And it solidified them being the bad guys. But were they always the bad guys? Probably not. Probably not. Like I, I would honestly have to say, like at some point, they would, uh, they just became full of themselves and got to a point like that at some point. Do you think it's due to? Because I feel like there was severe amount of. Um, I'm not going to say inbreeding, but pretty freaking close to it. And the whole show, the whole the whole s- series is about. The last exile, the last exile, this, the last exile, that we need to go to an exile. We need to do this. We need to do that. To be fair, they didn't call it the last exile. The show is just called the last exile. They kept saying we have to go to exile. Exile Exile. is this. Exile is that. And this and that. And the meaning behind the show for being called exile is. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's the last exile of the exile. And you learn about what it is and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, well, the exile appears to be this living ship that is creating the, what they call it, the great stream. The grand the, stream. The, the grand stream. And our main character's idea is they want to traverse the grand stream. And no one who ever does it in a van ship comes back alive. Ever. Until them. Kind of, but only because they have uh, plot armor, plot shielding, if you will. Plot magic. Plot magic, yes. 
Because, um, uh, I mean, like, the amount of plot shielding, plot armor, plot fuel, plot wind, yeah. plot birds, there is, I mean, like, you might as well just call it plot magic at that point. I mean, like, yeah. it, it, I mean, like, plot. literally, it is what it is. Plot, don't kill this person for no other reason than I don't want him dead in the story. So, it's just frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> at times yeah but the way things go and the way things are in here it's just gold the way things go uh in the sense of they shouldn't work they're not gonna work oh no we're not gonna make it we made it um and one of my favorite characters um on here was actually part of the the guild believe it or not um care to take a guess who i'm talking about talking about dio dio yes uh one amazing name Love it, especially if you watch if you're if you're a fan of JoJo. <laughs> but um, here he's he's very eccentric and very childlike, very uh, innocent almost, but innocent in a very cruel way and in a very condescending way. And in the first, I want to say maybe eight ch- eight episodes, they they have this race where the literally what happens is you pull. Um, a lottery number, if you will. And you now are assigned this vehicle that's broken down. Your job is to fix it, to fly it for a minimum of eight hours and be first. Yes. And the other thing is, is not everyone's actually able to complete the race. What's funny is I I find it really hilarious. Like they go there, they, they try to compete in the race and everything like that. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, we want you to do this. We want you to do that. And everything like that. And then they just straight up leave them there. It's like, yo, we know we you don't have a full tank of gas. You're going to make it to the finish line just barely. Deuces on how you get back to the ship. And that was it. I thought that was hilarious. I really, I really did think that that was hilarious to them, that they just did them dirty. It was, it was interesting. And then they won. But what I thought was kind of cool was Dio yeah. was like, if you win, I will learn your, if I win, I'll learn your name. And they're like, well, what do you mean? It, don't you mean if I win? He says, no, it's not possible for me to lose. So when I win, I, my reward will be knowing your name. <laughs> and he ended up winning or he ended up losing. And he's like, well, looks like you'll be evil man for the entire time. No, By the way, no. did you hear him? Evil man or eagle man? Uh, Eva man. Eva man. Okay. No, Eva man. I watched it in dubbed. Subbed was really really hard for me. I'm not gonna lie, but um, I watched it and dubbed, and I thought it was I thought it was Evil Men, but yeah, E E Evil Men, Engelman, nope, Emil Men, Emil Men, I M M E L M A N N, Emil Men, Emil Men, okay, Emil Men. It's looks like you're gonna. It's 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 refi- it's referring to a specific flying technique, and that's why he keeps calling him that because he's able to do an Emelman turn. Ah, okay. Which which is a real turn, which is a real flying technique, by the way. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, I mean that was a huge thing. Emelman turn. That makes a lot of sense. So. So. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so he only fills up his tank halfway, which just to make it to the finish line, and then he crashes. And he then somehow crash. he doesn't crash. Runs out of gas, crashes, same thing. 
It's not the same thing, man. I just, I literally re-encountered that whole thing. Were you not listening to me? Were you ignoring me? I, Were you? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit is not strong enough <laughs> of a word. All right, sir, you straight up ignored me. <laughs> I said he won. No, they no, filled no. up half tank. Yeah. They were how they were done yep. dirty, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then you chimed in. They you're like, yeah, and then they though. won. And it's like, thank you for recapping they, that, Port. But they weren't done dirty. They specifically asked for half a tank. No, like, they, you, you're not you, see, you didn't even listen to me. You didn't they listen. Don't dirty. talk to me. They were done dirty because you know how I know they were done dirty. Because no. I, here, I will, I will specifically say again because you weren't listening. Mm-hmm. How they were done dirty. They gave them a half a tank like they requested, and then they deuced out. They left knowing that they only had a half tank. It's but like everybody left. It was the last fill up. It was the last fill up, but they didn't have to leave without them because how are they going to get back to the ship without fuel? But they didn't have to stay either. I'm saying that they were done dirty because they're like, all right, let's go. Let's go ahead and leave. And everyone left because they didn't have fuel to get back. That's what I'm saying. How are they going to get back? How did, everyone else got back, right? Probably because they had a transport that took them there and took them back. I could have sworn the reason that they left was for a battle of some kind. And this race was kind of a diversion. The race was, was a diversion. A the race was a diversion. However, uh, Klaus and Lavi didn't know it was that. The mechanics knew it was that. Lavi and Klaus didn't know it was that. And they're like, all right, cool. And that's why they flew back to the spot. They're like, all right, guys, let's go ahead and go. We already did our part. All right. Yay. They all left. Klaus and Lavi flew back to the spot. Um, And they're like, where is everyone? We don't have fuel to fly fly all the way back. What are we going to do? I got you. That's why you said that. Okay. I I must have missed that part because I knew that they ran out of gas after after the whole thing. And I just assumed it was because they ran they ran out of fuel because they only asked for half a tank. They won, and then nothing. Yes. And it led to them, I guess, becoming a more of a team, uh, more of a backstory. I don't know. Like it was, it was meant for the story more than anything else. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, how else are you gonna invite someone from the guild to uh, join you? Be halfway a good guy. Yep. <coughs> oh, so me. And it turns out, or no worries, turns out that the guild isn't necessarily evil. They're just oblivious and they believe themselves to be above everything. And yeah. if you're above everything, nothing you do is bad. And if nothing you do is bad, it can lead to pretty horrific stuff. So, I mean, not, they are kind of superior to in the fact. In the sense of their technology, their technology is far superior to everyone else's. Yeah. And they feel like they're the ruling class, which they technically are. The only reason why the ships are even able to fly, the battleships are able to fly are because of the guild. And the only reason why Mm -hmm. those ships aren't falling out of the sky is because they they were able to subdue, take out and kill the guild members before they were able to eject the engines and tank all their ships. No, I agree with that, too. But at the same time, they felt like they the the guild Meister, Magister, uh, the guild leader. What what's the title? Maestro. Maestro. So the Maestro of the guilds specifically said later on in the show, of course specifically said 
if we don't keep you guys crawling in the mud, you're going to overpopulate everything. It's our job to make sure you don't get too abundant. Yeah. That I mean, seems like cattle more than anything else. Yeah, but they're not eating them. No, they're not. So, I mean, like, I wouldn't call them cattle per se. Mm, what would you call them then? Entertainment. Because if there's anything. Okay. Because uh, Maestro Delfine, she would let things happen or let things go on or, or comment about how things are all funny or whatever, like talking about how they are entertaining. I guess when you're that above everything, the only thing you have left is entertainment. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what's what's funny is like the level of disconnect that they have from everyone that's there because she's like, it takes hundreds of gallons of first water to clean this catfish off the mud off this catfish. It's like, you use water for that? Use first water just for that? Of course. Why wouldn't we? It's like, uh, drink for water so yeah. that we were not dying of dehydration it, from the it, drought and everything? Because they're, like I said, they're drinking third water, which yeah. is, I, I, I can only imagine. I'm at best case scenario. Best case scenario. It was used two times prior to them consuming it. Worst case scenario, it's the third time they're consuming it. Or it could be the level of impurities that are in there and how dirty it is. That that's 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 closer to the better better cases. I don't know why they call it first, second, or third water. Or fourth or fifth or anything the, like that. Yeah. I don't think we got to fourth or fifth. We just got to third water. Uh, they openly uh, talked about it. That's all we know. We don't know like what levels of water there are. We know that there's safe water that you consume, and then there's some water that's not safe to consume. That's what we yeah, know. At all. <laughs> right. Much like our room, uh, our world, right? There's some water that's safe for us to consume, and there's some water that's not safe for us to consume because of the toxins, impurities, or whatever that are yeah. in it. Parasites, things, you know, all 100% that percent fair with that. Yeah. All that wonderful all great stuff. The extra protein. Heck yeah. Um <laughs> So some of the stuff that they uh they mentioned over there that uh nobles don't really care about water as much as the the commoners do because they waste water they don't they're like oh yeah i'm just gonna drink it it's fine and the commoners such as our main character are like don't throw it away we need every every drop right well you you really understand in the first episode you understand the disparity and differences in class for them oh yeah oh immediately yeah. because when lavi and klaus go to the area where the First mission takes them episode one, right? Where they're picking up the letter to deliver. They see water that is being used in a fountain. It is, it is so clean and pure. They're drinking from the fountain. Now, mm-hmm. normally you, me, we're not going to go up to someone's random fountain and start drinking out of it. It's like, that's, that's a no, that's a no, <laughs> a hard no, that's a hell <laughs> no. Uh, but for them, they're like, this is great. This water is so clean. Look how pure it is and everything like that. And they're mm-hmm. drinking it just blown away. And it's like, oh, this, they're this water. Bottling sh- it. Yeah. They're like, we could use this water later on. And I think she actually keeps the water too. And it's like, here's some water. This is the best water around and everything. Like it's from that mm-hmm. fountain. It's like, this is the best yeah. water ever. It's from a fountain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
not even a fountain of youth. It's just a fountain that feeds a random garden of a noble. Right? Uh, I don't know. The the so kind of kind of going towards the end here. One, I'm glad that we do get closure on everything. I'm glad that they round oh, yeah. everything out so that way you have a better understanding of everything. Um, you well, they got they got amazing bookends here. It's a it's a complete story. It is. It's a legitimately complete story to me. Yeah, it's it is a complete story. That is that is true. Like there is. Like if they didn't come out with a second one or anything like that, I would a hundred percent be okay with it. I really honestly would, but they did actually come out with the second one. So, you know, we're kind of, mm. you know, we're, we'll eventually watch it here. We're jumping the gun a bit. I know, but like, I can't possibly think what kind of troubles and tribulations you can go through with the second season out of here. You know what, sir? I mean, their troubles and tribulations only going to grow far beyond what our wildest imagination is. And the reason why I say that is because at the end, <laughs> you see exactly what kind of world that they're in. Oh, yeah. All right. So my my only question is, like, will it be that world or a different world? I, I don't want to give too much away. I have I have ideas. But I, I feel like it would spoil a lot. There you go. And I feel like you should definitely watch, the, you the viewer, you the listener, should definitely watch this. 100%. Indeed. It's, one, it, it's, a, it's not a 10 for me, obviously, but it's, it's, it's really good. Fantastic story, decent animation, wonderful music. That was yes. Just a lot, like, really good. Um, and a plot that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of drawbacks to it. There are some things where you're where you're watching it. It kind of aggravates you Th- how mm-hmm. Klaus will act. He acts one way one second and he'll do a complete flip and change how he's acting another way in another second. But that's to be expected. Like, I understand why he's acting like that. They're they're teenagers. They're angsty. Mm-hmm. They're still figuring out their bodies and growing through life, trying to be the best pilots that they can. And, and you know, I get it. I get it. All right. But that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, I mean, they all think they're immortal. And, you know, thanks to plot armor, they kind of are. Well, it's not even that they think that they're immortal. They they do a lot of stuff and then they basically get away with being rewarded for it. Mm. For for their for yeah. for like uh, insubordination for going around causing problems doing all this other stuff just being being troublemakers and they're like hey you know what thank you for being a troublemaker here's a reward but you're all right you're okay. you're, you're, you're an out of the box thinker it's like you know what normally we would execute people for what you just did but you know what we're gonna you gonna give you a pat on the back we're gonna fill up your van ship and we're gonna send you on your way. With a pocket mm-hmm. full of money, thank you and, and for being metal. awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the our main characters were at gunpoint more times in in the first ten minutes of the well, not ten minutes, more first ten episodes. Let's say that then then I think they were warranted that. But if you look at it like you're in a wartime area and any dissidents could disrupt your whole movement, yeah, I can see why. But jeez. You got courage for sure. Indeed, man. Oh yeah, hundred percent. All right, man. Uh, yeah. I I don't have too much more I can honestly say about this. What about you? I mean, there's 
Without spoiling, no. All right, man. Without spoiling, not so much. All right. So on a scale of up to 10, sir, how would you rate this? This is getting a solid eight from me. Um, not a 10, because there was a few things that I, I found a bit aggravating, such as the flip-floppy nature of our main characters and the inconsistencies. Uh, a glaring one is, my dad died doing a 10-star. Have you ever seen such a high number as a 7-star? So, yep, yeah. Yep. Like that, the reasons similar to that, but... I highly recommend anybody and everybody to watch it. Um, that solid storyline, so long as you overlook the minor in, minor inconsistencies. Um, but yeah, worth it. Okay. Uh, for me, I am going to give it a. I'm going to give it a seven. I'm giving it a seven because Klaus just really annoyed me this time. I have no idea why. Same thing with Lavi. Just kind of wanted to smack them both around. It's like, gosh. Dang it, just, just stop. But mm. couldn't. So, you know, we're kind of kind of locked into that. Uh, it did have solid book endings. The artwork for it was very reminiscent of animes like Witch Hunter Robin, Ergo Proxy. Mm-hmm. It was very yeah. steampunkish, very futuristic, kind of off the beaten path type of thing. So it is something that you will definitely if you're if you like those shows, you will definitely like this. Because it kind of falls within the same realm of fantasy art viewpoint, and it will definitely come across that way cleanly with the artwork for this. So there's there's not going to be much of a stretch for that. But yeah, a seven seven for me. Sweet. Uh, next week it's a random choice, and it's uh called Alice in Deadly School. Okay. Yep, that's all I got, man. <laughs> not 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 as a slice of life not it's gonna make you cry no okay i got you yep well you know we know we know how much i prepare for for random choices and things like that it's like what is it about that's a great question i'm glad you asked it we'll find out next week um, <laughs> we will explore that later exactly well uh that's all the time that we have for today thanks for hanging out with us very much appreciated uh and uh, if you want to feel like we got something right, something wrong, did it too much justice, not enough justice, just plain old did anything and everything wrong, feel free to let us know. We have all the information and links for you and everything like that in the show notes. And special for our listeners, want to let you all know that we do have a link for you in our show notes that you can click on when you click on that link and use coupon code featured anime, you'll get $5 off your first Tokyo treat box. When you use that link and featured anime for the coupon code, go there, check it out. Give them a try. Trust me. It is worth it. You'll enjoy the snacks that you get every single month. And you can also uh, go to our website, featured anime podcast.com where you can go and reach out to us as well. All the links and information is going to be on there for you as well. Also, if you could, please just give us a, some feedback, rate us everywhere you listen to us, Spotify, Apple podcasts, things like that. It'd be very much appreciated. And uh, until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Rick. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>